and now it's time to leave. I hope it may be said a uh, hundred years from now that by working together we help to make our country more just, more just for all of its people, as well as to ensure and guarantee the blessings of liberty for all of our posterity. That's what I hope. But I believe that at least it will be said that we tried. It's only a beginning, always. The young must know it. The old must know it. It must always sustain us because the greatness comes not when things go always good for you, but the greatness comes and you're really tested when you take some knocks, some disappointments, when sadness comes. Because only if you've been in the deepest valley can you ever know how magnificent it is to be on the highest mountain. choose to focus two seasons of my show, Bridging the Political Gap, on the presidencies of Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon. Simply put, competency. I meant it when I said at the end of the original documentary on Reap the Whirlwind that I think the leadership of our country from both parties is a collective national embarrassment. This is not what uh, we've always had. We have had great leadership in this country, and we've had it at trying times in our history. And the 1960s and early 70s is one of those times. It's an era when was, that was the most problematic for the World War II generation. It was the era of Vietnam and Watergate. So it's, it's worth revisiting because Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon were both obviously flawed people. They made glaring mistakes, the mismanagement of Vietnam, yet despite that, Lyndon Johnson did great things. Head Start, the Office for Economic Opportunity, Jobs Corps, the Neighborhood Youth Corps, Volunteer and Service to America, the Peace Corps, the Model Cities Program, the Upward Bound Program, Food Stamps, College Aid, the Teacher Corps, the Bilingual Education Act, Social Security Act in 95, Medicare, Medicaid, Welfare Reform, National, the National Endowment of the Arts, the National Endowment for Humanities, the Public Broadcasting Act, the National Public Radio, the Department of Transportation was formed, the National Highway Tra Tra Traffic Safety Administration, the Fair Packaging and Labeling Act, the Wholesale Meat Act, the Truth in Labeling Act, the Wild and Scenic Rivers Act, the National Historic Preservation Act, the National Environmental Policy Act, the National Trail System Act, uh, the Wilderness Act, and on and on. And despite the cover-up of Watergate, Nixon still did great things. Creating EPA, reducing emissions from cars and diesel engines, removing lead from gasoline and paint, 
protecting wetlands from development, eliminating use of destructive pesticides, cleaning up polluted sites, prohibiting ocean dumping, remediating cancer-causing asbestos, reducing acid rain, creating and promoting the Energy Star program. And his environmental legacy lives on today because of the Council on Environmental Quality, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Water Drinking Act, the Clean Air Act, the Endangered Species Act, the Marine Mammal Protection Act, creation of NOAA and hurricane tracking, the Federal Environmental Pesticides Control Act. And to add to that, there was detente with the Soviet Union and the SALT Treaty, the opening to China, desegregating southern schools, saving Israel, trying to figure out and solve a way to, to cure cancer. These were men who, despite their flaws, looked at problems and sought ways to make things better, not worse. Can we say that today? Three events that have left me no longer troubled, but actually mad. Mad about the way my country has been treated by the incompetence of the leaders, the unwillingness to even try. It's win at all cost. The first one was the hearing over Brett Kavanaugh and the use of his high school yearbook or bringing up a woman that he went to high school with 30 years ago and dragging her name into it. It was despicable and disgraceful. Mm. You mentioned, I think, the Renate or Renate, Renata. I don't know how you pronounce that. That's a, that's a proper name of an individual you know? Renata. Renata. It's spelled with an E at the end, R-E-N-A-T-E, is that correct? Okay. And then after that is the word alumnius. What does the word alumnius mean in that context? I explained that in my opening statement. We, um, she was a great friend of ours. Uh, we, a bunch of us went to dances with her. She hung out with us as a group. The media circus that has been generated by this thought and reported that it referred to sex. It did not. Never had any, as she herself said on the record, any kind of sexual interaction uh, with her. And I'm sorry how that's been misinterpreted and sorry about that, as I explained in my opening statement, because she's a good person. And to have her name dragged through this hearing is a joke. The second were the cries of the election being stolen. You can't steal 8 million votes, folks. And you can't steal enough in any state to make a difference. And it was ridiculous that we ever went there. Third has been this disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan and the, the incompetent way it was handled that led to the deaths of our soldiers. And, and Caitlin, uh, President Biden, often, often, we've been talking about this now for several days, he wants to talk about the decision to withdraw all U.S. troops from Afghanistan more than he wants to talk about how this withdrawal has gone, how uh, inept the exit has been. Uh, he's basically told Stephanopoulos, look, all this chaos was baked into the decision. I knew it was going to happen. But on July 8th, he said, the jury's still out, but the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. That was last month. A nation cannot remain great if it betrays its allies and lets down its friends. Finally, all of this incompetence happened with a worldwide pandemic in the background that was politicized and exploited and could not have mismanaged any worse if you tried. Today, people are dying in this country because our leadership has sown 20 years or more of distrust into the fabric of our society. The other day, I heard a friend of mine talking on the phone 
And she said, I don't trust the government. I don't trust politicians. I don't trust doctors. They get paid to say it's COVID. I don't trust anything the media says. You can't believe a word of it. How can these people that call themselves our leaders live with themselves? All of them. Not just one party. Not just Republicans. Not just Democrats. But all of them and the national media for what they have done. They look at how to inflame problems, how to make problems worse, not better, and if people die, they don't give a damn. Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon, did they make mistakes? In Vietnam, sure. In Watergate, sure. But they tried always to make situations better, and they developing a strategy that opened China, drove a wedge in the communist world, and initiated detente with the Soviet Union, then boxed down our enemies in Hanoi and to, to force peace. And while the fall of Saigon was a fiasco like Afghanistan, by the time it happened, thanks to first Lyndon Johnson by standing his ground and not backing away, and then Richard Nixon by changing the entire landscape of the world, the two had stopped communism's high watermark. And by the time of Vietnam's collapse, it was not as major an event as it could have been. The world, overall, was far better for their leadership. Do you really look at our leadership today and think they give a damn about governing better or worse? Have they not learned anything from Richard Nixon's most glaring flaw? Is it just about winning at all costs, hating the other team? The extremes have taken over and that there's no more room at the end for anyone else or any other solutions and they need to take some time to learn from the World War II generation. Those people led. They were inclusive. They did not believe everyone was their enemy because they were competent. Always give your best. Never get discouraged. Never be petty. Always remember, others may hate you. But those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. And then you destroy yourself. I recognize that from outside this chamber is the outraged conscience of a nation. The grave concern of many nations. And the harsh judgment of history on us. But even if we pass this bill, the battle will not be over. What happened in Selma is part of a far larger movement which reaches into every section and state of America. It is the effort of American Negroes to secure for themselves the full blessings of American life. Their cause must be our cause too. Because it's not just Negroes, but really it's all of us who must overcome the crippling legacy of bigotry and injustice. And we shall overcome.